0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Embrace that you were wonderfully made. Again, the society puts so much pressure on us to be more beautiful or to be more attractive than we are. But the Bible tells us this in Psalm 139, for you you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That's what David said. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made that fearful concept is it's not like God is like truly scared it's it's more of this anxiety anxious anxiety that he wants it to be just right and he and he created you to be just right welcome to hope of the day with pastor Philip Holland every family goes through highs and lows the list of challenges are endless often it can seem as though there is no way through but that is not what God has for you He wants your family to thrive. He wants you to marry well and to be content in that marriage. He wants you to love your spouse as Christ loved the church and to raise your children up in the Lord. Even though God wants these things for us, it can still be difficult to know how our families can become all they are capable of being. In this sermon series, we will hear about the vision God has for our families and what it will take to experience it. Please enjoy the message. Having it all was not possible in many types of jobs, especially high government offices that are your dream job. And that's just an incredible, those are incredible words uh, from this woman. As she said, and as she documented this experience that she had. Now, she's not saying that it wouldn't ever be possible. She was just saying in that particular season, it wasn't going to be able to be something that she would be able to do at the level that she wanted to do it. And many of you feel that same tension that you're a mom who works and you have kids and you're struggling with that tension because you want to spend more time with your kids, but you have to work. And that's a reality, especially in Denver today with the cost of living, that it's hard to have just one parent not working. And so you have to work and you struggle with that tension and you're figuring out how do you make the best out of that. Or you have career opportunities and promotion opportunities and you've got these things in front of you but you also have children that you're trying to pour into and you're sort of there's this tension you're trying to navigate. Do I pursue my career or do I put that on hold and pour into my kids the way that I need to? And there's a tension there. And then there's other tensions with parents that are able to stay at home and you're a stay-at-home mom, but you want to have money to support um, your, your husband. You want to support the family financially. And there's a tension that is there and you want to do it all. It's just part of being a woman. Unfortunately, you just can't. None of us can. Another challenge that women face is that you're taught that your value is associated with your appearance. I was reading some women magazines this week for the sermon. <laughs> Just to clarify that because I don't normally do that. Some of the headlines were How to Get Summer Sexy in Seven Steps, How to Have Cosmo Hair, How to Flaunt Your Hottest Feature. And there were many others beyond those that pointed towards you need to draw your value from your appearance. That women are constantly bombarded with that message again and again and again, even at a very young age. Here is another magazine that was from a few years ago. It has Michelle Pfeiffer on the cover. It's a beautiful picture of her, um, very well taken. And the question that they ask on the front page is, what Michelle Pfeiffer needs? And then into page 118, it says, absolutely nothing. Come to find out, though, she did need something. It's called Photoshop. A journalist was doing some research, and he came to find out that there was quite a bit of work that was done on this photo to present this image of her to the tune of $1,525. And some of the things that they did included this. Clean up her complexion, soften eye line, soften smile line, add color to lips, Trim chin. Remove neckline, Soften lines under earlobes. Add highlights to earrings. Add blush to cheek. Clean up neckline. Remove stray hair strands on dress. Adjust color and add hair on top of head. Add, add dress on side to create better line. Add forehead. I have no idea why anybody would want to add forehead, but I mean, that costs at least $100, I'm sure. <laughs> add dress on shoulders. Uh, soften neck muscles a bit clean up and smooth dress folds under arm I mean it's just unfortunate that even that this message gets communicated to so much of our culture that your value is associated with your appearance but so many of the eva- so many of the appearances being communicated to you aren't even realistic I mean they're being doctored at best it's so so uh, so incredibly sad and that is true of women um, that the pressure put on you to, to get back to your pre-baby and once you give birth to a child or once they get back as soon as you can to your uh, pre-pregnancy weight, like in 30 to 45 days, like that is so impossible to do without special trainers and nannies and all kinds of other stuff. And it's just, it's just odd and it's strange and that's the society we live in and it shouldn't be that way. And so what are the what are our responses to these challenges? For men, for women, for mothers, for uh, non-mothers, and for all of us, some great lessons for us to live by, in my opinion, for our families. Number one is this, is to live for an audience of one. The Bible tells us this when it comes to living for an audience of one. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And Paul basically says, look, when it comes to who you're supposed to be living for and who you're supposed to get your value from, it's meant to be God. It's not to be meant to be what your mother thinks of you, your father thinks of you, and that puts, you know that puts a lot of pressure on you. It's not meant to be your neighbors, strangers that you see in grocery stores, that we shouldn't be affected by other people's opinions if we're truly living for an audience of one. But often we'll compare ourselves to other people. And we shouldn't do that either. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Like, it's just not wise for a mother who's having her fourth kid to compare herself to a mother who just had her first kid. It's just like totally different worlds. All right. And, but what happens is we compare ourselves with ourselves and we start to feel bad and awful because of that, but you're not living for those other people. You gotta live for an audience of one. And our relationship, and here's, the, here's where this becomes so significant for us, is our relationship with God, is it based on what you do? No, it's based on what Jesus has done for us. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. And he reached out to us. And through that we find value and these types of statements right here should resonate with us, should resonate with some of you. That God doesn't think less of you if your kids misbehave in public. If you're living for an audience of one, now you might, if you're living for other people, like you're just going to be tore up if you have little kids because they're just going to do that in public. But God doesn't think less of you if your kid misbehaves in public. God doesn't think less of you or love you less if you go to bed with dirty dishes in the kitchen. So i throw those words on there because that'd be weird to go to bed with dirty dishes. I mean, that's strange. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So in the kitchen, God doesn't think less of you if you decide you're going to fix a frozen pizza for dinner. God doesn't think less of you if you wear sweatpants and no makeup out in public. God doesn't think less of you if your house is painted in last year's colors or you're wearing last year's clothes. If you do any of these things, does Jesus become less of a savior for you? No, of course not. And that's the value of living for an audience of one. Because we all ought to get better and we ought to try to get better. But you know what? There's just days when you need to cook a pizza. And you need to, you know, you can't do all of the dishes. And it's unfortunate, but that stuff happens. It's part of life. Another thing that we ought to do, that we ought to remember is this is that we need to be flexible with your seasons of life. If there are just some seasons where you're going to focus on some things, and then there are other seasons where you're going to focus on other things. So important for all of us. There was a band that uh, wrote a song about this called Turn, Turn, Turn. The band's name is The Birds. I did research on this. There really was a band named The Birds. And, uh, and this is them right here. Eons ago in 1965, I'm just having, I got to have some fun. Come on, Eon long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, they wrote a song. That was actually a rip-off of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. They just put some good music to it. It became an international hit. They didn't give God, a, I doubt they gave God any royalties, but e- Ecclesiastes 3, they, put a, they, wrote, they wrote a song about these words that were written there in this passage of Scripture. It says this, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. A time to build up your career, a time to maybe focus more on raising your kids, a time to get really healthy, and a time when you just realize, I'm not going to be able to spend as much time at the gym as I used to. we got to be flexible with the seasons of life. Coming back to Anne-Marie Slaughter, there was a quote that she shared in that article that specifically spoke to professional women. And many of you are that, and those of you who have kids, or maybe you will have kids one day, maybe you'll resonate with some of her words. She says this, before before I read this to you, she basically says that there needs to be a transition in the success curve um, from what it is to what it is now in our world today. She says we live by a 1950s success curve that has everybody retiring in their mid-60s And you get kids at a certain age, and and she goes through a few different variables. But she says all of that needs to change, and the women need to accept it, and men need to accept it as well, too. She says this, Assuming the priceless gifts of good health and good fortune, a professional woman can thus expect her working life to stretch some 50 years, from her early to mid-20s to her mid-70s. It is reasonable to assume that she will build her credentials and establish herself between 22 and 35. She will have children sometime between 25 and 45. She'll want to maximize flexibility and control over her time in the 10 years that her children are 8 to 18. She says that because there's just going to be a season there where you're really, the time with your kids is going to come to an end. And she's like, and she's saying, you're not going to be able to, the best thing in her opinion, again, this is her opinion, is to focus on the kids during that season and not as much on the career during those years. She goes on, women who have children in their late 20s can expect to immerse themselves completely in their careers in their late 40s, with plenty of time still to rise to the top in their late 50s and early 60s. Women who make partner, managing director, or senior vice president get tenure or establish a medical practice before having children in their late 30s should be coming back online for the most abandoning jobs in their late 40s as well. And she basically just says everything has seasons. That's what she's telling us here, that you just can't go hard at it all of the time. If you do, you're just going to Be wandering through life and realizing that you're going to have some things that you're not going to do as well as you should have, as well as you want to. You're going to look back with some regrets on some things that you should have managed differently. I'll even tell you how this applied to me just this last week because there's even seasons within a week. Friday for me is my day off. I get lots of emails. I have lots of things that I can still work on. There's always things that I leave on my desk that I need to get done. Now, I can try to squeeze in 30 or 40 minutes to work on those things on my Friday or I can do what the actual purpose of my Friday is, which in my case, it's to connect with my kids. And so this last Friday, while my wife and I were talking, and I said, hey, you had a good productive day today. And she said, I did not have a good productive day. And then I said, but you did these six things. But, you know, again, that's a woman thing. You never feel like you're productive enough. And so I'm trying to affirm her and say, no, no, you did a lot of stuff. You had a really good day. Don't worry about that. And she said, well, what about you? Did you have a productive day? And I said, yes, because I got to connect with Virginia. And she's my youngest. And that's the purpose of that Friday, is that I need to be making sure that I'm making these positive interactions and connections with her as she's growing older. Now, I could neglect that and focus on some other things that I do, do here or wherever and, and really fall short on that responsibility, but I have to realize that there's a purpose to each one of these seasons, whether it's weeks or months or years or decades. And that's the heart behind what she is saying here and that needs to be the heart behind our lives. As you assess yourself, where are you at in the season of life that you're in? Some of you need to put some things on hold. Maybe it's even on hold with your kids, because you've got to care for aging grandparents or aging parents right now. I know that's the case with some of you. Some of you have special needs kids, and you're trying to tend to them, so you're naturally not going to be able to put as much time towards a career, maybe, as you would want to. But maybe there'll come a point where that special needs child can live on their own, or you get them to a place where they can live with somebody else and then you're kind of moving and then you can focus on some other areas of your life. What is the purpose of where you're at right now in your season of life? And maybe for you it is your career and man you're in a place where you can just go full bore at it. Maybe for you you're retired and you're starting to wonder like well where do we travel? What are some things that we can do that we put off doing? Those are things to consider. How can we have those meaningful connections now with grandkids? Those are important things for you to be considering. I was talking with my in-laws when my father-in-law, he retired in his early 60s. He was 63 or so when he when he was able to step away from the from what he was doing. And they wanted to travel and do some things, but then they also wanted to make sure they were spending good time with their grandkids. And they said, we probably have 10 to 15 years of good health left. We need to take advantage of the time that we have. And some of you need to do that. And I would say for you moms or women, wherever you're at in that season, maybe you're gonna be a mom or maybe you're already a mom, quit putting so much pressure on yourself to do it all because there's just gotta be flexible with these seasons of life. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 AM. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. third thing third lesson embrace that you were wonderfully made again the society puts so much pressure on us to be more beautiful or to be more attractive than we are but the bible tells us this in psalm 139 for you create you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb that's what david said i praise you because i'm fearfully and wonderfully made that fearful concept is, it's not like God is like, truly scared. It's, it's more of this anxi- anxious anxiety that he wants it to be just right. And he, and he created you to be just right. When I'm building something or I have some, something I have to display in front of people like you or others, I want it to be just right. That's the idea of this fearfully made. And it's wonderful that you were made in God's image, that you were created exactly the way that God wanted you to be. And you, you can't forget that. I read about uh, an experiment that was done with 10 people, Um, and the experiment was set up this way, that they were all given a hideous scar on their face by a makeup artist, and then told to go out into public, and to see how it is that people responded to them, and then to come back, and to share uh, what it was that their, what their experience was. So these 10 people who were all isolated, they never saw each other, they were also told you cannot touch the scar because you might mess up the makeup and then they'll be able to tell that it it isn't a real scar. So they weren't even allowed to touch the the scar on their face. Well, before they were sent out into the public for a few hours to um, to, to go through this experiment, the makeup artist told them that they had one more thing that they had to do. And guess what the makeup artist did? Removed the scar from their face but didn't tell them. And so then the people went out into the public, and sure enough, all 10 of them came back and said the same thing. People were ruder, less kind, less conversational, and they stared at the scar. All 10 of them said the exact same thing. But it was all in their head. Here's the point. This is why this is so important. The way you view yourself affects the way you live and process life. And we all need to view ourselves as being wonderfully made in the image of God. I was told that there are 25,000 orchid, orchids in the world, which is, which is incredible, because if it was up to me, there would have been three, like red, white, and blue, and that's it. Go USA. That's it. That's as far as I would have gone with that one. 25,000 orchids. There are 7 billion people in this world, each one uniquely made fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. You are special. You are unique. You are beautiful. You are wonderful in God's eyes. And if you're living for an audience of one, that's something that should matter to you. It should impact you, no matter where you're at health-wise or as far as your physical appearance, that God has wonderfully made you. Stop drawing your value from things that you see at a grocery store line, magazine covers and things like that, and instead draw your, from the Bible, draw your image and your value from what God says about you. And the last lesson is this, is that we all need to prioritize sharing our faith with the next generation. Um, male, female, married, single, kids, no kids, we all need to prioritize sharing our faith with the next generation because the things that we are so concerned about in life would go away For the future, things that we're concerned about with the future would go away if they would just believe in Jesus. Paul says these words to Timothy as he's talking about the multi-generational faith that was present there in his family. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. We all need to prioritize our family. And the next generation, even if we don't have children, as we're serving in children's ministry, student ministry, interacting with neighbor kids, we need to prioritize them coming to believe in Jesus. You never know where that's going to take them in life. Some of you might recognize this man, but if you don't, his name is Todd Beamer. He was on United Flight 93, and he was one of the leaders With a group of passengers that helped to take over the cockpit and crash that plane in Pennsylvania, that was most likely heading to the White House, and he was able to help lead this crash. This plane, but before they charged the cockpit, he called. uh, He attempted to call his wife and leave a message with her and just share her share with her what was happening, but he couldn't get a hold of her, and so he had to settle for a GTE airphone control operator. And as he was talking with this woman, he told her what was happening. He shared a message that he wanted to have shared with his wife, Lisa. And then before he got off the phone with this woman, he said, Would you please say the Lord's Prayer with me? Todd Beamer's parents have traveled the country, and they've shared this story. And they've said that that is one of the most comforting parts of knowing that their son is no longer with them, is that at the end of his life, he was leaning into his faith. He was leaning into a prayer that they had said at the dinner table. As a family, when he was a young boy, that they, had, that they had said together at night when they were putting him into bed, that they had said at their church when they came to church together, on mother day, mother's days and other days like this, that in the end it was his, he had his faith that was inspiring him and motivating him and challenging him to ultimately be a hero. You don't know we do not know what the next generation believing in Jesus, what kind of impact that that's going to have. But when we can pass that on to them, heroes like this are raised and they're motivated and they're inspired and they're courageous. And his parents, they're so proud of the fact that their son was willing to do that. His faith was a big part of it and they have so much hope knowing that one day they'll get to be with him again. I love how John writes it in 3 John chapter 1, verse 4, and I'll close with this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And that should be true of all of us. Let's, let's pray and we'll wrap up. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for the women who are in this room. I pray that they would feel appreciated and encouraged. And Lord, that they would understand that they are wonderfully made in your image. Now, dear God, help us to pass on our faith to the next generation in digestible ways. And Lord, help us to realize that we can't do everything in their seasons of life. And give us great clarity for the responsibilities that you've instilled us with that we need to take advantage of now. Maybe it's our career, maybe it's our parents, maybe it's kids or grandkids or whatever it is. Lord, help us to make the most of this time that we are in right now and give us again wisdom to know how to do that. We thank you that we don't have to earn our relationship with you, but it's given to us in Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.